All right. Well, thank you, church, for having me today. Um, it's such a privilege and honor um, to be here. I just want to say, though, your church is incredible. Like, you may be used to it because you're here every week, but I'm a pastor's kid. I've been to, like, every church in Australia just about. Um, that's how we spend our holidays. We don't holiday. We just go from church to church and check out all the churches. So what you have here, if I'm saying that, I've seen a lot. And I'm telling you, you guys are up there. You're one of the best churches that I've ever seen. And your worship is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, and a church that has, yeah, give it up for your band. I don't even know you could sing, Jordan. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, well, there you go. So, you know, it's absolutely amazing. And you know, a church that loves worship is a church that's hungry for God. And when you've got amazing worship like that, you know that you guys are on fire. You love Jesus. So it's such a privilege and an honor to be here. And I just want to thank your amazing pastors because they really are amazing pastors. You've got some of the best um, in the ministry right here. So be kind to them, buy them gifts, feed them. All that jazz, <laughs> you know, just, just, just talk to them later after service, find out what they love and um, give it to them. Um, it's good to bless them. But So we're talking about vision. It's the beginning of the year. We're in January. This is a time where people start writing out their New Year's resolutions. Anyone done that? Oh, you're not New Year's resolution people because you realize New Year's resolutions suck, right? And they fail. They make you feel like a failure because you look over them in the next year and go, oh, I've actually done none of this. <laughs> like, I had such big dreams. Um, a couple of mine, I was reading over them the other day and I had this dream. I was going to finish, um, it's a long story, but I was going to finish my Cert 4 in Bible college. I had all these assignments to finish. And so I was getting up at four o'clock every morning for two weeks before work to, to work on these assignments. And then I was so tired at four o'clock in the morning after two weeks that I accidentally deleted the 10 assignments I had completed. And I could not recover them. I tried everything. So that was the end of that. So I gave up on that. And I looked back on at the end of the year and went, all right, no more New Year's resolutions for me because I just feel like a failure. But the thing is about New Year's resolutions is we don't actually often include God in them. We try to do them in our own strength, our own thing. But if we're talking about what is your vision, well, vision, if our vision is from God, you know, this is the guy that's written all the days of our life in his book. So I see vision as like the end of one chapter of your life, one, one part in your life, one chapter, that's the end of it. So if we want to fulfill a vision, we don't know all the steps that lead up to that vision. We've actually got to be doing this with the God who wrote the book. You know, the vision should be like a contract between you and God. Maybe you do know the destination, maybe you don't, but you know that God knows the end of the chapter and the rest of the contract, all the steps are blank. But you've just got to sign it and surrender to God and say, God, whatever it is, I'm going to do. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go there. So I want to talk to you today about this amazing, amazing story in the Bible um, because there's three things that you need to fulfill a vision. There's three things. One is faith, two is courage, and three is obedience. So the first thing is faith. Now, um, there's this amazing story in the Bible, like I said, if you've seen The Prince of Egypt, that movie, that'll explain everything to you. 
but I'll give you a quick lowdown. There's this guy called Moses. So the Israelites are in Egypt. They were slaves for, for hundreds of years um, and were oppressed by the Egyptians. The Israelites are the chosen people of God. And so God sent them this saviour, Moses, to deliver them from Egypt. And there was all these amazing signs and miracles. Seriously, read up on it in Exodus. Absolutely awesome. Um, but he delivers them from Egypt. They get rescued. And they walk through this desert to this promised land that God has called them to. And so they're at this point, they, they've, they've seen the promised land. It's in their sight. They've been walking around the desert. And so Moses says, okay, cool. So God says, it's this land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to send some spies out to go have a look at this land and tell me if it is the way that God says it is. So we're looking at Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 33. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 33. This is when the spies have gone out and they've come back. So it says, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. There's two things going on there. There's faith and there's fear. There's a heck of a lot of fear going on there. So God said this is going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. They go out to look at this land And it is exactly how God said it will be. It is this land flowing with milk and honey. It is the promised land. It is how God says it is. But what happens? They see their enemies there. They see these strong guys. They see all these difficult circumstances and things. And so they come back to the Israelites and instead of saying, yes, it's exactly like God had said it will be. We can conquer this. They say, no, it's too hard. There's all these dangerous people. It's scary. It's hard. We're like grasshoppers. They're giants. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. Like, but what? Like, God just said, that is the land. It was exactly how God said it would be. And then God said, that land belongs to you. So if it was how God said it would be, then wouldn't it be how God said it would be? Wouldn't it belong to them? There's only one guy out of all the people that went that says, no, guys, we can take this. It is how God said it was, and, and we can do it. But no one believed. They, they all went in fear, turned to fear instead of faith. They turned to their own strength and their own abilities instead of believing that God is who he says he is and can do what he says he will do. So the thing about Caleb, which was awesome, is it says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 22 to 24, is there something that was different about him was that he had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit to everyone else because he followed God fully, it says. He followed God fully. A person of faith 
is someone with a different spirit. Faith is a different spirit to everyone else in this world. I tell you now, not many people in this world have faith. We have a lot of fear. Every day in the newspapers, fear. Everyone's telling you what you can't do, not what you can do. But Caleb was a man with a different spirit. He followed God fully because he had faith. He believed what God said would be, would be. You know, vision must come with faith. We have to believe the vision God has given us despite whether we can see a way or a possibility. You know, one night at youth, um, I was preparing like a message to speak to our young guys and, and I believed, like it was just one of those nights where we were on fire. Some nights you rock up and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? This is going to be the worst night ever. But this one night, I happened to be filled with faith. The one night. Um, and, and, and I believed that there was going to be salvations and I really believed. And I got there and I opened up my phone and it was filled with messages from my youth band, my leadership team, and my youth kids saying, I'm sick, I can't come. My grandparents are over from America or something, so I'm not coming tonight, and such and such is away, and this person's not coming, so I'm not coming, and they're fighting with such and such, so I'm not coming, and, and all this stuff. And counting it up, you look at it and you're going, there's going to be about five kids that rock up tonight. Um, awesome, because we normally have about like 40 kids. So five is like, oh, okay, well, there was going to be salvationists tonight and the only kids that are coming are the kids that are like my leaders. Like, they know Jesus, they love Jesus. How are they going to get saved again? Um, so we got a bit of fear. And so we started thinking about it and preparing to like take it out into another room and just make it this really low-key, mellow thing. But then God reminded me, he said, no, I told you, we're going to have salvations tonight. You've got to believe. And in that moment, I was like, all right, well, I can either fear or we've got to switch on our face switch. We might look ridiculous. It might be a bit weird, but we're just going to believe and we're going to speak it out. And so me and my team, we gathered together and we prayed and we prophesied and we believed, no, there is going to be salvations tonight. And what was amazing is all those kids that said they were sick miraculously got healed and came to youth that night. And all those people that didn't come were replaced with kids that have never been to our youth ever before. And we had 10 salvations that night. We had 10 young kids come to Jesus. And the amazing thing about that is if we had feared, who knows what would have happened. But if you go into faith, and the amazing thing about faith is it's not your own ability. It's not your own ability. I couldn't have made those people come. But because we believed who God, that God says, God is who he says he is, then it was able to happen. If you want to see the vision fulfilled in your life, if you want to see amazing things happen in 2017, then you've got to have faith in your almighty God. The second thing you need to have is courage. So um, we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 1. I love Joshua. Joshua's a, Joshua's a lad. Is anyone named Joshua here? Oh, I would just say you have a good name. Name your child Joshua. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> so they didn't inherit the promised land and this time passed and the Israelites, you know, that generation actually had to pass away because God said, you did not believe you will not inherit the promised land. And, and so that's, that's a little note there for faith. You don't believe, then it's not going to happen. Um, but they didn't believe so they couldn't inherit the promised land. So then God um, rose up a new leader, Joshua. He was actually Moses' right-hand man, and all these generations had passed on, and it was actually their children that got to inherit the promised land. So Joshua chapter 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, 
saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and Lebanon, as far as the great river, um, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea shall, um, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Now the amazing thing is I looked up that word courage and it means two things. The first is the strength in the face of pain or grief. So, and the second one is the ability to do something that frightens one. Poor Joshua had to face both of those things because his great friend, his great leader, the one that he had faith and trust in to lead these people into the promised land was dead. And God said, all right, he's gone now, let's get up and go. Like, um, I'm in pain, I'm grieving. Like, courage that Joshua had to actually step up. You know, you can't mourn over the lost thing. I'm not saying don't mourn over people that died. Like, that. you need to do that. But you can't stay in that place forever. You can't mourn over something, you know, one thing that you wanted to be that you never got to do. You know, like those parents that live through their children. They wanted to be a dancer and never could. And so they force their children. You can't stay in that place. Your children will hate you for it. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't mourn over these things. You've got to get up and keep moving. You've got to have courage to pick yourself up. But the other thing was the ability to do something that frightens one. I love this amazing thing that um, Lisa Bevere says. She says, don't pray scared prayers. Pray scary prayers. Pray scary prayers. Pray as prayer that scares what's scared inside of you. That's what she said. I thought it was amazing. I was like, this is awesome. I'm taking that. But that's courage. You know, Joshua, it says, be strong and of good courage. Because there's two things to that. Don't just be courageous, but you have to be strong and courageous. And how do we be strong? We've got to get our strength from God. We've got to draw on our strength from God. And how do you do that? Pray scary prayers. Pray scary prayers. Not, God, pray that I don't die as we go and try to take on this city. That's a scared prayer. God, I just pray that I don't completely embarrass myself or mess up when I go and try and do this thing that you've asked me to do. I pray that that person won't hate me too much if I tell them about Jesus. That's a scared prayer. How about you pray a scary prayer? How about you pray, you know what, we're going to conquer this city today. I believe in the name of Jesus. You've given it to me. I'm going to do it. How about you pray your kingdom come, your will be done. How about you pray something like that? They're going to get saved. They're going to get delivered today. Jesus is in this place. Jesus is on me. Jesus is in me. Pray some scary prayers that scare the devil. He's going to be out of there courage to step up, do something that you're afraid of. Because God will never give you a vision of something that is within your capability. And you're like, well, that's not fair. Well, that's because it's going to end up like your New Year's resolutions. Because you're going to try and do it in your own strength and you're going to fail. 
But courage means you have to get strength from God to be able to stand up and to do it. You need to rely on God because it's only God that can fulfill those dreams in your heart. It's only God that can take you to that chapter of your life that He's given you that picture of. We've got to have courage. So let's pray some scary prayers, church. So that's one is faith, two is courage. You've got to have courage to step out and do something. And the third thing is obedience. This is the most important one. You know, what happened is the Israelites got asked to do something absolutely ridiculous because they spied out this land, it was all good, and then God's like, all right, I'm ready for you to take this land. What did they get asked to do? They weren't asked to pick up their weapons and go charge the city. They were asked to get together for seven days of the week, get up early in the morning, march around the city, be completely quiet, don't say anything, just get up, have a walk around, go back to camp. Get up day two, walk around the camp, go back. Day three, get up for seven days, and on the seventh day, walk around seven times, and on the seventh time, blow your ram's horns, give a shout of joy to God, and those walls will come down. You will win the city. I don't know about you, but I'll be like, are you serious, God? Like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. You can't win a city by walking around it. This is a giant city. They're afraid of it for a reason, because it looks indestructible. Anyone watched VeggieTales? Anyone? There's this amazing episode of VeggieTales. For those who don't know what VeggieTales, it's, it's the name. It's stories in the Bible told using vegetables as the people. <laughs> yeah, that was my childhood. Anyways, so... Um, they have this story, they do the story of Jericho where the, the vegetables are hopping, they, they can't walk because they're vegetables, they don't have legs. So they hop, <laughs> hop around the city and, and there's these peas, they're French peas, I don't know where they're French, but they're in the city of Jericho and they're sitting on the wall and they're the soldiers of, of the city and they're looking down these vegetables and mocking them. And <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers, but it's like, you silly little pickle. You silly little pea, you think that walking around will bring this city to its knees? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm with the pea here. Like, I, I believe that. Like, walking around, it must have looked absolutely ridiculous. And sometimes being obedient to God, you're going to feel silly. Like, getting up every day, people could have been mocking them from the side of the city. They wouldn't bother trying to fight them because they're like, you're ridiculous. You're not going to do anything by walking around. They're being, they're being mocked. They can't even say anything to respond. They can't do anything. And on the seventh day, my greatest fear would have been when you have to give that shout for victory at the end. How embarrassing. The last thing, you walk around seven times, and this is it. This is the final moment. This is where God's going to come through. I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs. Can you imagine if that didn't happen? You're like, okay, well, let's pack up and go home. Like, how embarrassing. Like, you've given everything for nothing. And that would be like the fear inside of you. But, you know, you have to be obedient because if they only walked around six times, it wouldn't have happened. If they only, you know, they walked around, they did all the walking, but they never did that shout for joy, you know, that shout of victory that they had won, it would never have happened. There's an amazing quote by um, John Bevere that says, partial obedience is not obedience. It's disobedience. You can't do half of what God asked you to do. You have to do the full Thing. You have to do everything that he asks you to do. Otherwise, it's disobedience. I know all about that. I was a naughty child. <laughs> you know, it's, it's disobedience. Um, I want to read to you in Joshua tra- chapter 6, verse 15 to 16. It says, But it came to pass on the seventh day 
that they rose early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, only they marched around the city seven times, and the seventh time it happened. When the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. On that seventh time, it happened just as God said it would be. You know, we're afraid to be obedient to God because we're afraid of what we will look like. We're afraid of our own pride and our own ego. But God, you know, God could have just pushed over the walls if he wanted to. He could have just like, you know, winked. He could have like just got his finger and just gone, there we go. But he didn't do that. He wanted to do it through his people. He wanted to, to put obedience in them. Because, you know, every single time they had to walk around that, that city and feel silly, that would have taken away their ego. That would have taken away their pride. They would have crushed their own will that wanted to, you know, go away from God and do their own thing. But each time they marched around the city, they would become more loyal to God, more trusting in Him, you know, completely reliant and dependent on Him because there was nothing that they could do to bring that city down. It was only in God's power and His power alone. You know, sometimes God's going to ask you to do some things, to be obedient, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be humiliating sometimes. But trust God that when you obey Him, it will be as he said it will be. If you want to see that thing happen, God's not going to take you from A to Z. Maybe, you know, you believe that you're going to be a great preacher one day in some foreign country. You're going to be like a missionary or a Billy Graham or something. And then your pastor asks you to clean the toilets. You're like, no, I don't think you heard me right, pastor. I want to preach. You'll have to clean some toilets. I'm telling you now. I do a lot of cleaning toilets. I still clean toilets. <laughs> you know, that's, it's these things that got to get the ego and the pride out of you. It's got to get these things. God's got to build character. He's got to shape you through obedience. If you can't be obedient, why would God give you these platforms? Why would God allow you to go into hospitals and minister to people? Why would God allow your business to expand and grow so that you can reach people of the community? Why would God give you these amazing opportunities if you won't use it for His glory? If you can't be obedient to him. So today, you know, um, we're talking about vision. And, you know, maybe you have a vision on your life and maybe you don't. But, you know, I believe that God's going to give you something. And um, I want you to pray for it. I want you to pray hard and really seek God for it. Talk to your pastors, talk to your leaders. I think you've got connect leaders and stuff and, and, and talk to them about it. What are the things that are on your heart? You know, it may not be a big booming voice from the sky that comes down or, you know, you may not see it as clear as a, you know, a movie picture, but what is it that God's put on your heart, whether it's in the marketplace or in the ministry? You know, what has God put on your heart? And have faith to believe that. Write that down. Put it somewhere in your face where you can see it. Be courageous enough to step out. Get strong in your relationship with God. And then be obedient to everything that God asks you to do because you will see it come to pass. It just takes obedience, which is the hardest part. But you're going to be better for it. You're going to have a better, stronger character. So I just want to open this place just to close your eyes. Because I believe that God's going to... Actually, can you please stand to your feet as well? <laughs> now, I believe that God's going to do something amazing, especially in C3 Church Norwood this year. You know, God's got a vision on your heart. He's got something that He wants to do in your life. But some of you right now, you know, if you don't have a vision today, but you want something, you want God to speak to you about that, I want you just to lift your hands in this place. You know, if, if you need faith to believe for those things, I want you to lift your hands in this place. If you've got faith, but you just don't have the courage, you're scared. You're scared of what might happen if God actually moves. Lift your hands in this place. If you just are afraid to take those steps that God has asked you to do and you want to be obedient to the call, lift your hands in this place, church.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm just going to pray for you. God, we just thank you that you are mighty, awesome God. Lord, we thank you that you are the God that saves. You are the God that delivers. You are the mighty King of kings, Lord of lords. God, that nothing is impossible with you. God, that you are so strong. God, you know the days of our life. You know how things began and you know how things will end. God, we commit our life into your hands today. Lord, as we stand here with our hands raised, Lord, we sign that contract with you. God, we will follow you wherever you lead us. We will go where you send us. Lord, no matter whether it's hard, no matter whether it's hard, it's difficult, no matter what the consequences, Lord, we surrender our life to you today. God, we believe that you are who you say you are. You are who you say you are and it will be how you say it will be. Today, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are here with us. And God, we pray that we will not leave this here today, but God, that we'll go home tonight. Lord, we will write down those things, those dreams, those visions that you put on our heart. God, that we'll find scriptures of faith. God, we'll find scriptures of courage. God, that we'll pray scary prayers to build it on the inside of us today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the vision and dream that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Awesome. I'm just going to invite Pastor Chris up to do our altar. Ooh, give us your hand. What an, what an incredible word of God. Just before we finish our service, and I hand over to Pastor Vicky, Ashley talked about faith, courage, and obedience this morning. And if we do that in our own strength, if we don't have faith in the right things, if we have courage in the wrong areas, and if we're obedient, the people we shouldn't be obedient to. We're going to have a life that's just like those uh, New Year's resolutions. It's going to fail. So to take advantage of what's 